This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. Welcome in, everybody. It's a Monday edition of Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Hope you had a great weekend. What a beautiful, beautiful day in the Palmetto State. And now to cap it off, two hours of your favorite sports talk show right here out of Columbia, Phil Cornblute, Pat Daniel tonight, Chris Bergen on the move. He's on the move as much as Mike Morgan. He's on his way to Louisiana with Coastal Carolina basketball. He'll connect with us. Tomorrow night, Matt Smith will be in Chapel Hill tomorrow night for Clemson and North Carolina. will be over at the uh, Colonial Life Arena for South Carolina Ole Miss after we wrap up the show uh, tomorrow night. So a big basketball night tomorrow night. South Carolina 15 in the AP ranking today. First time for the Gamecocks to be ranked since that uh, Final Four run. And you know what? If anybody deserves to be ranked in that poll, it is the Gamecocks. 19 wins, 19 and 3, 7 and 2 in the SEC. The uh, net ranking, nah, not where you would expect a team in the SEC with 19 and 7 to be uh, at 38 right now. But yeah, strength of schedule, part of the reason for that, their strength of schedule is 88th nationally. So, that's probably one of the reasons why it's not higher in the uh, net rankings at this point. But you know what? That's really – it's fun to talk about the net ranking, uh, and it's nice for comparative purposes when you're looking at game-by-game game and team-by-team, team, but it really doesn't matter. You just win your ball games the way the Gamecocks are winning their ball games right now, and it will all take care of themselves. Meantime, Clemson, where will, those, will their season go after that – Gut punch they took from Virginia on Saturday. Another close loss. How many times have you heard that, Tiger fans? Another close loss for your basketball team. Uh, a game that was was tight throughout. You knew it would be. Low scoring and tight, too. Uh, well, I think Virginia may be a little bit more defensive-oriented than Clemson is this year, but two teams traditionally very defensive-oriented. And Virginia... Got the got the points late, got uh, the shot late, and Clemson had the ball last and had a look at it and couldn't knock it down. So it goes in the loss column for the Tigers, and what turned started out to be a fantastic season for them has become very questionable as far as the NCAA tournament is concerned. We'll talk more about net rankings and all that coming up here tonight on the program. Lots of time for your phone calls. Phone number, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number to get you through to Sports Talk tonight. Love to hear from you. Uh, Get your take on how things uh, went uh, for you over the weekend, things that you watched, things that you went to, uh, what you take away from uh, things happening over the weekend. We had the first NASCAR event of the new season. They had to move it up a day because of the rain in California. And uh, so we got the the the, the clash uh, is is out of the way. I'm not so sure that um, 
continuing to run it there. The L.A. Coliseum is is the wisest of things to do now. It's kind of maybe worn off its uh, mystique and the novelty of, of racing there. Maybe they need to try something else moving forward. Of course, it didn't help, again, that they had to move everything a day up because of the torrential rain that has hit uh, the state of California. But uh, we're off and running with NASCAR with the Daytona 500 uh, coming up in a couple of weekends. Of course, it's Super Bowl week in Las Vegas. We talk about that. Who's your pick? Who do you like? You like uh, the Chiefs or you like the Niners? We'll talk about that as we go through, through the week. Lee Sterling will join us on Friday with his insight and his uh, prop bets for the Super Bowl. And... Uh, Outside of that, we'll just update some news notes and take your phone calls. And the number, 888-898-2525. So I went to Athens on Saturday to uh, watch South Carolina and, and Georgia. And, I mean, the Gamecocks, one thing about this team, they are very consistent now in how they are playing game by game. I think you've got a pretty good idea uh, how they are going to play uh, game in and game out. And they... Uh, were very good on the defensive side, and when they needed a clutch three, they dialed up to Lon Cooper, and time and again, he delivered. What a cool customer he has become for them, and the freshman, Murray Boyles, was outstanding on the inside. The Gamecocks came in with the idea of hammering Georgia on the inside, and they took it to the Bulldogs' backside on the inside. I think they scored 40 points in the paint. But when they had to hit the three, they could knock it down. That's what makes them dangerous. i tell you what else makes them dangerous. So Michi Johnson kind of regained his form and knocked down some shots. B.J. Mack did not have a big offensive game. My point is they won a couple of games where Michi Johnson was not scoring big. They won a game Saturday where B.J. Mack was not scoring big. They contributed in other areas, but they just didn't contribute big in the scoring column. And South Carolina was able to win. That is an excellent sign. If you're a Gamecock fan, that is an excellent sign for what this team may be able to do down the stretch of the season here as we turn the corner into the second half of SEC play. Which brings me to our poll question of the week. And you can go to our, our X page at Sports Talk SC or our website sportstalksc.com, and and you can vote on that. And our poll question of the week is this, South Carolina, with their record now of 19-3, and three, with nine regular season games remaining, nine regular season games, a record of 19-3, based on their performance and the upcoming schedule. How many wins do you forecast for USC at the end of the regular season? 28 wins, which means they go 9 and 0, 25 to 27, 22 to 24 or 20 to 21. 271 votes in today. We got 52.4% feel like the Gamecocks will finish between 25 and 27. 39.5% feel like they'll finish between 22 and 24 wins. 4.4% feel like 20 to 21 wins and 3.7% believe they'll run the table and finish with 28 wins. So at 19-3, and and you look at their remaining nine games, beginning tomorrow night against an Ole Miss team coming off a home loss, their first home loss of the season, 
to, of course, an outstanding Auburn team. But they had Auburn down by nine in that game. But in the second half, Auburn shot the ball extremely well. They just kind of, you know, they do what a a top ten team does. They took over the game. And they came back and won that game at Ole Miss. So Ole Miss will be coming in off a loss. So Ole Miss and Vanderbilt at home. Put those two in the win column, I think. Those are two very winnable games at home. You know who plays for uh, Ole Miss is old uh, guy. seems like he's been around the SEC forever. Wes Flanagan, who uh, transferred to Ole Miss from Auburn. In fact, wasn't it Flanagan who suffered a really bad injury in Columbia, maybe as a freshman? Am I thinking right a few years ago for Auburn? He just seems like he's been around forever. So Ole Miss and Auburn, if you win those two, you should win those two. 21 wins right there. You go to Auburn, and that will be that will be you know, incredible atmosphere. If the Gamecocks win those two games, Auburn continues to win. Uh, you could have, by next week, a matchup of two top 10 teams. The Gamecocks would move from 15 to, you know, maybe 10, maybe 12, depending what happens in front of them. So, couldn't say right now they would win at Auburn, so take that as an L. That's 2-1. and one. LSU at home, very winnable, 3-1. and one. Going back to Ole Miss then for the next game and then going to Texas A&M. So you would like to think you could at least split those two. If you do that, then you're talking 4-2 uh, and two at that point, and then you finish up tough. Florida at home, Tennessee at home, and at Mississippi State. So I would think maybe a two out of three finish there. So that would be a six and three finish for the Gamecocks. That would put them at 25 wins if it were to, if they were to go six and three here down the stretch. And for those last three games, Florida, Tennessee, and Mississippi State, I mean, I got to give all due respect to Florida and Tennessee because they're good teams. And even though South Carolina's beaten Tennessee, you got no guarantee you'll beat them in Columbia because they're that good. And Florida's very, very good as well. Mississippi State at the hump is always tough. So a 6-3 and three finish I could see for the Gamecocks. Would you sign up for 6-3 and three and 25 regular season wins? Would Lamont Paris be a unanimous national coach of the year if they win 25 games after being picked to finish dead last in the SEC by the foolish SEC media in October? I would sure hope so. At the very least, I would hope he would be a finalist in a top three at worst at this point. you got to think, has he already clinched SEC Coach of the Year? If they finish where they are, if they finish in the top five of the SEC, I don't really know how you well, argue against that. Maybe Chris Beard at Ole Miss? I think you got to look at Nate Oates again, too. Nate I mean, Oates right well. now they're leading, and the players he lost, including the you know best player in the league last year, and Brandon Miller, and uh, yeah. I think you got to give him consideration once again. But you know what? <clears throat> There's still work to be done. If you're South Carolina, and I'm sure this is the, the message that they have been um, repeating in the locker room uh, since the day began, since the, the poll came out. There's more work to be done. Uh, can't be satisfied with where you are. you got to keep digging, got to keep working, got to keep playing well. And the other thing about this team, though, man, if you're a basketball purist, you love this team. Absolutely. You talk about a team that shares the basketball. They, I tell you what, one play in that game at Georgia kind of summed up this team for me, the way they play. About nine minutes to go, game was still tight. The Gamecocks were in the midst of a terrible possession where some bad passing, loose ball, 
and they had to save it near half court, but they kept it in the front court, so there was no violation. And the clock is winding down. I can't remember the players and who hands the ball touched, but they saved the ball, and there was a, a call. As I recall, there was once they got the ball back in possession and, and kind of got back under control, there was like a pass to the wing, a pass to the middle, a pass to a cutter, and a layup on a possession that was totally lost 20 seconds before. And they saved it, passed the ball around, got a cutter for a layup, and that's just the way they've been playing basketball. Um, they've been averaging over their, over this winning streak of five games, 19 assists per game, which if you compare that to the season leader, that's right at the very top of the nation's leader in assists per game. They don't lead the nation in assists, but they're among the top 30. But over the last five games, they've been averaging 19 assists per game. That's sharing the basketball. That's making the pass. That's, that's looking for the the next open guy. Okay. So, oh. Got a story here I really need to break, Phil. Is this the uh, Dartmouth story? Yeah, I got it right in front of me. Right, go on ahead. Monday, the National Labor Relations Board today issued a landmark ruling that quite possibly may shatter the NCAA's amateurism model. This is now the next step we've all been talking about for years now. When would this happen? It really wasn't a matter of if. It was a matter of when. And now Dartmouth men's basketball players are going to be considered university employees under U.S. labor law and therefore are now eligible to unionize. Quote, because Dartmouth has the right to control the work performed by the Dartmouth men's basketball team and the players perform that work in exchange for compensation, I find that the petition for basketball players are employees within the meaning of the National Labor Relations Act, the 26-page decision read. The Dartmouth team will now have the opportunity to hold a union election, although they have not yet decided on a specific date. This case was first filed back in September of this past year. Uh, Representatives from the NCAA, Ivy League, and Dartmouth have not yet released statements, but it seems almost a foregone conclusion that this will be appealed by, you got to think, probably all of those, NCAA, Ivy League, and Dartmouth. A little bit more information. Uh, all 15 members of the team of the Dartmouth men's basketball team signed a petition asking to join Local 560 of the Service Employees International Union, which already represents other employees at some Ivy League schools in Hanover, New Hampshire. Unionizing, this is key here, would, would allow the players to negotiate not only over salary, but also working conditions, including practice hours, travel. They would have a lot of, uh, of decision-making here. And the school can still appeal to the national board, and that's what happened back in 2014 when members of the Northwestern football team tried doing the exact same thing. And back then, it ended up getting shut down. But a big sticking point back then was that Northwestern was the only private school at the time in the Big Ten. And so a big reason the board reversed their decision was they they were fearful that this would upset the labor market in the conference and essentially give Northwestern an unfair advantage over everybody else. It did not specifically address the question about whether these players were employees or not. A key difference here, all eight Ivy League schools are private. So Dartmouth, you at this point, would not have any kind of competitive advantage because one would think if this ruling sticks for them, it would stick with the other seven members as well. And currently there is a complaint being uh, that has been filed with the uh, NLRB body in California that's claiming football and basketball players as Southern California should also be deemed employees. So you said the S word. What was that? Salary. Correct. 
So salary <clears throat> means, if I understand this properly, being paid. Yes. Like an employee. That's exactly what this means. They will now be employees of right. the university. Dabo Sweeney. St- it'd be public knowledge, if that's where you're going. Yeah, there you'd be a state employee at that point. Oh, these are private schools, so I guess now you'd be a... No, but I'm going back to Dabo Sweeney's statement that he would never work in a situation where the payers, mm. players are paid. You know he's on record saying that. That's right. He, he, he has said that, and he has backed that up. Now, he's been able to get around that statement under the current scenario where it's been um, NIL, which, you know, they twist that and spin that to make it look like it's charity work, sure. and you're, you're not getting paid, but you're getting paid. But you're not getting paid. Sure. But you're getting paid. Uh, if this, you know, and you know as well as I do that um, they will lose these appeals. You know, they they will lose every step of the way in court. There's the precedent. The players will lose or the NCAA will lose? The uh, the NCAA will lose. Mm-hmm. The NCAA will lose every step of the way in court because they've lost every right. step of the way in court ever since this thing started to unravel for them. Going back to the the first major case from the UCLA basketball player who got the ball rolling on all this stuff. So they will lose. And so this is coming. And, you know, where we go from here with the colleges and how they're going to handle this, I think this is part of why you've got the Big Ten and the SEC working on an alliance now Mm -hmm. with their commissioners looking to one of them probably trying to become the czar over this new body that they will create, which will incorporate salaries and unions and everything else that comes along with being an employee in their organization. That's what I'm foreseeing. Right. That's what I'm foreseeing. The the way it's been done, the model for the college athletic system at the highest level is kaputs. Now, what's left behind? You know, you're gonna have these schools moving into this this organization where everybody will be paid, et cetera, et cetera. But who's left behind? Will that still be amateur in model will that still be scholarship based will that be minus nil with an understanding that it's a different organization and a different level and if you're coming here this is how you're going to be compensated maybe you make it an all-volunteer thing i don't know if that flies through the supreme court's rulings or not but i'm just wondering about the other schools that really can't afford, that don't have the TV dollars, can't afford to pay athletes but want to have athletics, how they will continue to operate under maybe a different name, a different umbrella, a different system. Um, so I'm talking about like your Southern Conferences. Sure, and right. Those, that, that level, and then your, your D2s and your D3s. Of course, D3s are, you know, that's walk-ons. I mean, that's non-scholarship. So – what a huge story to get the week off to. That's right, and, and I just didn't want to jump in. You were doing such a good job with your opening, but I was itching, itching to, uh, to get that out there. And then take it a step further, Phil, what about right-to-work states? Roughly half our country, South Carolina included, are right-to-work states where I don't want to say you can't unionize because now that's being softened a little bit, mm-hmm. but for the most part, and please, callers, call in if we're help us understand if we're getting this partly wrong, but it's my understanding that as a right-to-work state – we're, we're pretty anti-union around here. So how does that affect schools in states that are right-to-work states yep. compared to those that have unions? And also, I say this second part kind of tongue-in-cheek, but also kind of not. 
the Ivy League, let's say right now, because all eight union or all eight members are private schools. If we are to believe that the reason why Northwestern was denied was truly because they were the only private school at the time uh, within the Big Ten, and they thought it would be an unfair advantage for them. Is this now going to be the rebirth of Ivy League domination in the NCAA? I mean, you look back to the early, what, 1900 to 1950, give or take. The Ivy League used to kind of dominate a lot of the championships. Could we now conceivably see the Ivy League tout this as, hey, come here. We can't necessarily offer you a scholarship, but we'll pay you a quarter million dollars or a half million dollars. You know what else this might kill with this new league, with this new rule, with this new law, when all this is figured out and worked out, it might totally eliminate the need for recruiting. Hmm. Because now everything salary will be caps maybe now? everything will be salary based, money based, and I mean, what's the need to go out and recruit players when it's all about? I mean, I guess there'll be some recruiting that goes on. I mean, I know in the business world, recruiting takes place. Right? Sure, headhunters right. are looking for people to come and move up and whatever, but I could see a real change in the recruiting world when all this comes into place. All right, let's get to the phone calls. A lot of folks want to jump on board to comment on the basketball, comment on that big story that just broke. Thank you for that, Pat. Phone number 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. While Pat gets the numbers lined up and gets the callers lined up, I'll tell you as well that um, USC women – they remain number one in the AP women's ranking this week. Iowa is now number two. And South Carolina received all 35 first place votes once again. And Iowa has moved up to number two. They moved up a spot. NC State is three, Colorado's four, and Ohio State is five. You know, if South Carolina played Iowa in the national championship or in the semis, if they meet, I mean, I know South Carolina would pound it inside with Cardosa, who, by the way, is going to miss the next two games playing for her Brazilian national team. She's going to miss Missouri, and she's going to miss UConn. But could South Carolina stop Caitlin Clark? Um, Got some awfully long, good guards on the perimeter this year. I might almost Who'd say they? her defense on the perimeter is better this year than last year. They played Iowa in the semis last semis year, last year right? Four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And lost. Caitlin Clark played but out of her mind. She, yeah, but they had that big girl too. They, they had, did. They had a. She had a nice supporting cast. Um, I don't know. If she. I don't know her that team very well. But I'm. I'm just wondering. You know, she's. She's going to be the all-time leading scorer in women's basketball or in basketball period. I believe. I think she becomes the all-time leading scorer here in about another two or three games. Mm-hmm. She's like 60, 60 some odd points away. In that game last year, let's see. Caitlin Clark had forty-one points. She was fifteen yeah. to thirty-one overall, five of seventeen in the field. Uh, and the, they won seventy seven. Iowa won seventy seven seventy three. And in that game, but they, who was the other major contributor? They had a post who was very good. Oh yeah, uh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this. M. Cisnano. Yeah, but yeah, she was her. very good. Her, yeah. And I, I'll tell you though too. Right now, this is exciting. I don't want to say exciting, but having Cardoso out is going to give more opportunities to local product Ashlyn Watkins, who has shown that she is more than capable. You got to think, if it weren't for Cardoso right now on the Gamecocks, Watkins would probably be talking about all-American type. I mean, she is absolutely talented, and it, when she's been given the opportunity, she's made the most of it. Yeah, I'm wondering what they will do. I mean, you know, Chloe Kitt's been out the last couple of games, not out, but she didn't start, and Watkins started and has shined. But after the game yesterday, Staley said that she'll stick with uh, Kitts as that starter. 
but now with Cordoza out, you wonder what kind of lineup she will go with. Will she try and put a, one of her other bigs in there or maybe start Watkins and Kitts in the lineup to go with the three guards? Um, interesting um, interesting thought that uh, Don Staley has to deal with here over the next couple of games. And, of course, when they, when they play uh, Connecticut here coming up, you're going to have to deal with Paige Beckers. And, you know, she's healthy and, and, she and doing her thing with UConn. So um, they're going to be facing – well, they did okay, they did fine with LSU and their star players. Um, I'm sure taking on the challenge of a player like Beckers, who's obviously universally known and admired, that uh, they're looking forward to stepping up to the challenge to see if they can shut her down. But they did, as you pointed out, they did not shut down Clark when they faced her in the semis last year, 41 points. Uh, she may be even better this year. All right, we'll get to your phone calls after the break. promise we get to your phone calls 888-898-2525 south carolina education lottery lucky number tom in sumter you're up first tonight right here on sports talk great to have you with us how are you i'm doing good um as a longtime gamecock fan i i kind of hope that maybe we um temper our expectations for the rest of the year down just a little bit and maybe, you know, and like we're all like thinking, hey, we should win these games. We should win this game. If we can win two out of these three, we're going to, you know, it, the grind of the SEC has got to get to this team sooner or later. And it could be anything, could be injuries, could be, a, you know, a cold shooting spell. I mean, it is possible that as well as they've been playing the last few games, things could go south for a few games. So I don't want them to, and I kind of don't expect them to. But I would rather wait another three or four games before we kind of uh, decide what a you know best case scenario would be. I, 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 you know, because I always think of Navy. I guess I got Navy phobia, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're exactly right in terms of yeah. You got to take it the old game at a time. You do wonder they've been playing at such a high level. You do wonder when they're going to lose their edge, if they're going to lose their edge. Maybe they will a particular game, or maybe they won't. You're right, the grind of the SEC, the tough road games they have coming up, maybe somewhere along the way they're going to stub their toe here as they, can, as they, as they try to finish this season uh, on a very high note and, and build their case for a very strong seed for the NCAA tournament. But one thing about the way Lamont Paris – seems to handle things he seems to handle things in a very calm manner not making one game bigger than the other not making a win more than it is which is just a single win and not letting a loss pull them down so they've handled it well through 22 games thus far I see no reason why they won't continue with that same approach through the rest of the season yeah and I think they will but that still doesn't mean they're going to win 
uh, all the games we kind of expect or who they might win. No, of course not. I um, mean, it's all speculation, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Um, there are surprises every night on the hardwood where, you know, a team wins a game that you thought they had no chance of winning and, and or a team, you know, blows a game when you just thought they were going to walk over somebody. So that happens every night. So, yeah. But when you just want to play the speculation game, that's all I was doing, looking at their last nine right. games, which ones look like they're more – winnable than the others and I actually sort of you know threw a couple of losses in there just to kind of keep things balanced knowing they're going to take a couple of losses probably down the stretch I don't believe they're going to run the table and win their last nine games and take a 14 game winning streak into the SEC tournament I mean I just don't think they're going to do that yeah I guess but I guess part of me is saying just as unlikely that we thought it would be they would beat Kentucky and Tennessee, it's uh, it it might be you know they might lose to two teams that we thought they were going to be you know I, I don't know yeah. anyway that was just my uh, my thought. No, Thank I hear you. you. I hear you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, that's why you got to bring it every night, and this team has done that even in their losses. I mean, look, they lost. The, the score at Alabama was ugly at the end of the game. But remember, the Gamecocks were down just a point in that game in Tuscaloosa. They ended up getting creamed in the second half. Uh, they lose by five at Clemson back in December at a time when Clemson was, was going strongly. Uh, probably there, you know, they lose that game to Georgia in Columbia. Did not shoot free throws well that day. Um had some other shortcomings in that game. I mean, that from a, the standpoint of um, an entire game, that was probably the most disappointing one. Losing at Alabama. Now, losing by 30 points, you don't want to do that. But, you know, losing in Alabama is no shame. Alabama's still really, really good. Losing that game at home to Georgia is probably the one that they look at and say, hmm, how'd that happen? Um, but they went and got it back in Athens in front of a packed house over 10,000 and – Got one back on the positive side that they had they had given away. All right, thanks very much. And Phil, real oh, that was really loud. Yeah, yeah, real quick with that too. Just looking at their remaining games, of the nine remaining games, it looks like oh great, now my screen just went blank. But it, it hmm, apologies. I think at least five of them, if not six, are against the top seven in the conference. You got to play Ole Miss twice. You still got Tennessee. Again, I'm doing this off memory now. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Florida. You got Texas A and M. And then you do have some easier matchups, Vanderbilt down there this Saturday. LSU, I don't know if I'd call them easy. I mean, they may be in the bottom half of the league, but that's still they still pose a threat. But I do look at those two games against Ole Miss and then what may end up being somewhat of a revenge game for Tennessee, although here in Columbia, you still have some, some very hard games left on the opponent uh, on the schedule, but also a lot of very winnable games. And at this point, with the teams that the Gamecocks have been beating, Maybe we shouldn't look at those hard games as being as difficult. They are all winnable games. They've proven that at this point. Well, they've got five games left against quad one teams. Okay, there you go. They got two against quad two teams. So that's six games of your nine against quad one, quad two. They have a game left against a quad three and a game left against a quad four. That's as things stand now. Remember, you know, people are teams are moving up and down. You sure. might be quad two today and be quad one tomorrow. What's the magic number right now, you think, for them to clinch an NCAA tourney berth? Before the SEC tournament? Mm-hmm. To be in the tournament? Right. With these nine conference games left. I would say the magic number would probably be 
23. Win four more. 23, that means a four and five finish. Uh, 23-24. I'd say 23-24 for them. You said five and four, so that would put you at 12 and six in the mm-hmm. conference. Yeah, okay. that's right. what I would think. All right, back to the phones. 888-898-2525 is our number. And Tiger Bryan in Lancaster is with us next. So we might have to wait a second. I think, remember a moment ago when my computer went dark? Yeah. We must have lost. Oh, now they're back. Our internet cut out. Apologies to anybody out there who uh, may have lost our signal for a minute. Hopefully we're back now. We seem to be back online. Okay. Tiger Bryan, Tiger Bryan, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? Man, I'm doing all right. Uh, You know what's ironic? I just left Sumter Saturday to see my sister in the nursing home. She's got an old-timer, Becky. I love you, girl. I know she's probably, she's probably listening. But uh, the only reason she knew me because I had my Clemson shirt on. And doggone, that Tom guy was from Sumter. Mm, that, that is something. That's a, yep. But uh, you know what, though? You talking about the, the unionizing. I mean, come on now. These college sports. I mean, it don't, you called it long time ago. You said Porter. What no Porter John? Yeah, and it's in NIL. I mean, are they going to have a limit on what they can pay these kids? I mean, well, it sounds to me like we're going to have negotiations. It sounds to me like we're going to have if it goes with a union. It sounds to me like there'll be negotiations between so-called ownership and so-called uh, union leadership like you do with the with right. anything in, in the business world <laughs> yeah. or in the professional sports world. You know, ne- you negotiate these things um, and, and whatever they settle on, they settle on. Um, that's the only way under the current mindset of the courts. I think that's the only way this thing's going to continue to fly is that you have a, a true labor ownership relationship between the players and the universities i only think that that's that's where it's headed now yeah that's crazy but i want to i i'm gonna tell you it's curveball you know what i go watch a better race at Lang speedway on dirt track than what we have at that that class yeah in la kind of lost a little bit uh, huh yeah man i'm i mean i love nascar you don't get me wrong but i know yeah but all right, guys, I'm going to let everybody else talk. All and, right. You know, uh, y'all have a good week. And, man, go Tigers. Good hearing from you. Good hearing from you, hey, uh, Tiger bro. Bryant. Yes, sir. Good hearing from you. Hey, TB, before you go, you still there? I think he's yeah, gone. Yeah, man. Okay. Clemson men's basketball, just your thoughts right now, state of the program. Remember before the season, Graham Neff publicly said that if the team did not make the tournament, that he would – I don't know if he necessarily said that he would – remove Brownell, but it would have would seriously consider moving on from Brad Brownell. You as a Clemson fan calling in, what are your thoughts right now on the on the basketball program? Well, I know Corn's gonna like this. They bat like my Dallas Cowboys. I don't never get my hopes up too far. You know I me? Mean? Because they're gonna let you down. <laughs> hmm. But but you know, hey, I like Brownell, don't get me wrong, but you know one point last night up yesterday or whatever it was, uh I mean, you're supposed to win at home, one point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You should have won that game. Now, several of them, they didn't play. You know, they didn't, hell, heck, I could have hit the daggum basket quicker than them. I ain't never played basketball. Yeah, but but you'll have that. But, you know, I got too many other things on my mind about it. But about like my Cowboys, corn, mm. 
Don't get your hopes up like Green Bay. Don't get your hopes up. Well, I mean, we and killed your sure hopes. Will let you down. We put the pin in your hopes. That, that balloon just I went pop. <laughs> that thing just went pop. I know that gets you stirred up, but hey. Mm. Y'all, y'all got a good team. We should be in the Super Bowl. We, 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 we're better than the 49ers. We should be in the Super Bowl. That's all I'm going to say well, on that. We should right. be in the Super it's Bowl. Period. Now, End of discussion. I don't want to hear anything more about it. It's rigged now. You know how that is. Yeah. yeah it's That's rigged. why y'all beat us. It was rigged. It's rigged against the Packers. I get it. Uh, all right. Y'all have a good night. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, TB. Keep it on the phones. 888 2525 is the number here on Sports Talk. We go. Back to your calls, and it's going to be um, Vern. Vern in Bishopville. Welcome into Sports Talk. Vern, how are you? Good, doing good. How you doing? How y'all doing? We're doing fantastic. Uh, Great to have you with us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, if, if Lamont Paris, Paris, if he do what he did with Josh Gray, he kneels game, that seven-footer, and with that guy hungry for playing time, if he keep Josh Gray in those games, you got nine more games to play in the SEC. You know what? They'll win eight of them. Hmm. I was going to put money on that, and I and, and I don't have money to waste. They'll win eight of them. If he keeps Josh Gray in that game and stuff, and Clark, Stephen Clark, you need to get him. I don't know why Stephen Clark stopped playing because that the one had BJ PJ Hall eating out of his hand, and he didn't even wash his hand. Hmm. So if he keeps those two big guys in the game. Hey, Carolina got a chance of winning eight more games. So I'm not going to hold you up. I'm going to get off. You know, I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Josh Gray was the key. To me, Josh Gray was the key to winning in Georgia Saturday. You know, that was to me now. But, you know, anyway, like I say, that's all he got to do. That's all uh, Lamont got to do. Keep Josh Gray in the game. Keep his, uh, other words, keep the big guy happy. Mm. That's all he got to do. You well, know, you make a great point. You make a great point, Josh Gray, and thank you very much. Josh Thanks, Gray thank was brought along slowly this season. Remember, early in the year, he hardly played. I don't know if it was physical or just the way he was practicing and what they, uh, the coaching staff was seeing from him, but now he has become an integral part. The other thing I like about this team is these guys know their roles. Mm, yeah, they do. Josh Gray knows he's coming off the bench, but he's going to get a lot of playing time, and when he comes in there, he has to contribute. Uh, Jacoby Wright knows he's coming off the bench, but that's okay with him. He's going to get his looks. He's going to get his time. He's going to get his shots. And he has to knock down the outside shot. That's his role. Uh, and so on and so forth. And the guys who were playing some earlier who aren't playing now, you mentioned Stephen Clark. Um, you know, I think he realizes that, you know, they weren't getting – I'm sure there's some things that Clark gives them in some ways, but just – Production-wise, rebounds and points, he wasn't he wasn't giving them a whole lot. They're getting a whole lot more now that um, Murray Boyles has sort of grown up. I mean, he was he was sensational inside against Georgia with his spin move, his quickness to the basket. Um, yeah, so he got lightning quick feet. These these guys know their roles. They're playing them well. There's none of this me-first kind of stuff on this team. The chemistry looks extremely good. That's why they're winning basketball games. I mean, look, they've won five in a row uh, in the SEC. They've won their last four SEC road games, I think. That's hard to do. That's hard to do. So they're playing extremely well. Now we'll see how they uh, perform uh, as a ranked team. That's That's a whole new mindset 
when you trot out on the court now as a top 25 team, as they will tomorrow night. Phil, they remind me a lot of some of the old Bill Belichick Patriots teams when they used to have the motto of just do your job. And it's like everybody on their team doesn't worry about anybody else and what they're doing. They just do their job and they do it well. And cumulatively, they come together and win those games. Reminds me a lot of those. And with Josh Gray, I hope this comes across the right way, but just a sensational improvement on his footwork. It looked almost like in the past, like he had concrete shoes. And now this year, his footwork is amazing. Well, he's an older guy, too. He's been around a bit. Be right back to continue with your phone calls. This is Lisa Hostetler-Brown. If you or a loved one are over 65 and haven't completed a long-term care planning consultation, now is the time. Did you know that if you aren't able to afford the high cost of skilled care, your assets can be rapidly depleted to only $2,000 unless you plan five years in advance? Visit LawyerLisa.com to see how we can help. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. Hi, yes, uh, I'll have the club sandwich and house salad. You got it, sweetie. I'll throw in a pair of designer sunglasses as well. Um, just lunch, thanks. How about a week at my boss's oceanfront villa? What? When you join the South Carolina Education Lottery's Players Club, you get way more than you expect. More chances, more wins, and more surprises. Today's special, a trip to low Earth orbit in a private spaceship. Join the Players Club at seeducationlottery.com because more happens here. George Bryant for Tsunami Bar Sports, our inventor. David Abernathy has always said Tsunami Bar technology allows us to take the training to the grass. Now I know through my sport of golf that natural agility can be converted to athletic ability. And why is this, Tsunami Robbie? Transferring the training to the grass. This may be the most undervalued characteristic of the Tsunami Flexible Bar technology. The Tsunami Bar action loads and unloads at the concentric and eccentric transition points. This is what we call reversal forces. And the Tsunami Bar is the only bar and training device that I know of that can train these reversal forces adequately at speed. Hey, this is Phil Kornblut. The Tsunami Bar is a terrific training device whether you're working on your fitness or your golf game. It's convenient, it's easy to use, and you won't feel beat up afterwards. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today. When trouble comes like the accidents do, we all get sick and the bills pile too. There's only one number that can help see you through. And if you're healthy, here's what you should do. Call 605-7905. That's the number that you need to know. 605-7905. Zero dollar deductible What's a deductible you say That's the price you have to pay Before the insurance will say We'll help you They keep that number out of reach Because they know that you won't reach that number Because they know you're healthy 605-7905 Zero dollar deductible 605-7905 727 is the area code. Back we are, Sports Talk, Sports Talk. 
Media Network. 888-898-2525 is the number. Quick reminder that springtime, summertime, right around the corner. College baseball, right around the corner. They all go together. Springtime, summertime, baseball. It's all about getting outdoors, vacationing, enjoying the great sunshine, the great beaches of South Carolina. And to do so, to get your accommodation squared away well in advance so you got exactly what you want, and that's your budget, call Jimmy Smith at James Smith Real Estate down at Pauly's Island, online at paulysvacationrentals.com, 843-237-4246. They'll find the perfect condo or house for you to rent for your vacation, or if you're interested in purchasing condo, house, or land, uh, Jimmy can get you that as well. He will represent you, and he'll get you the best deal. Give Jimmy a call, 843-237-4246, pauliesvacationrentals.com for your perfect beach getaway. Do not delay. Hey, hey, what do you you say? say? (laughs) Let's go to Gamecock Larry. Gamecock Larry, who has been on such a hot streak, I don't know if he, uh, you know, tried to make any moves on the nurses or anything this weekend because he might have, you know, hit a home run. He's been on such a hot streak. He, the Gamecocks have not lost since he predicted that they would not lose. Gamecock Larry, how are you? I'm feeling good. Feeling good. We had a good week for Gamecock sports. The men's basketball beat Tennessee and Georgia. Clemson lost, so that was three and zero. Oh, so you Baseball. count you count a Clemson loss as a Gamecock win? A Clemson yes, loss yes, equates sir, that's a that's a win for Carolina Gamecocks. That's a win for us when Clemson lose. That's a win for us. Okay, Ladies basketball. Uh, be, I think they played. I don't know. I made the play at Auburn. And uh, Ole Miss, they, that's, that's correct. Two, that's five and oh. The tennis team won. That's one and that's, and that's six and oh. And the boo and the ladies with them horses, they mm-hmm. won. Mm-hmm. That's seven and oh. Now the men's, the men's tennis team, the men's tennis team did take a, take a loss. That was last week, I think. They lost yeah, to NC last State. Week. Yeah, that wasn't this week. That was last well, this week. is only this is only Monday, so for this week. So I know, well, that's what I'm. They right, won but, this week. Go ahead, you're on a roll. Yeah, I'm sorry. Don't, go don't ahead. Try to fool. Don't try. Don't try to try, Don't try to dis, dispute my. I'm sorry. You didn't my mean to throw numbers. You off. All right. Let me tell you something about this basketball game Saturday. Seven or ten. Three-point shots in about the first 15 minutes, or maybe the first 10 minutes. Two out of 18 for the last 25, 30 minutes. Two out of 18. Well, the coach made a move. The coach went to a zone. He went to a 1-3-1 zone. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. They got 40 points in the first half. We shut them down, give them 22 in the last half. Uh, well, let's see. Let me see what's that. I got something else written down here. Don't think I can put, well, put the clamps on them. Mm. Ten days before first pitch, 
303 more days and listen to this Clemson talk before we have our rematch. It's coming Let's quickly. Back. It is coming quickly, Gamecock Larry. Yes, sir. We go, we go. I guarantee you, I, I will give you Clemson and 17 Careful. points Careful. against the Gamecocks. 17 points. 17 Wait a minute. You're going to give – I'm sorry. I'll have to take you on that. You'll give me Clemson and 17. Yes, sir. And I want to ask one other question. Spencer Rattler, why didn't that coach play here more than two series? Because he had that – that uh, what's his name? Had him uh, – what did he go? What did he, uh, he had that quarterback of arms – Quarterbacks mm-hmm. gonna be number one, two, three, and four mm-hmm. in the draft. I guarantee you, Spencer Rattler be a starting quarterback before any of them will be. Because mm-hmm. Spencer is the man. Well, that's about all. <laughs> that, what you got to say, Mr. Pitt? Well, I'm gonna tell you that that kind of caps off the Gamecock week. I mean, Spencer Rattler goes and wins MVP of the Senior Bowl. He did only play a couple of series. I, I imagine. I don't know how that works. Do they just agree not to play quarterbacks uh, more than just a couple of series and spread it around? I don't know. I don't know what the arrangement was there. I'm sure Spencer Rattler would like to have stayed out there and throw the ball around a little bit more. But he really helped himself last week. And I think Leggett helped himself quite a bit as well from a Gamecock standpoint. I think those two uh, caught the eyes of the scouts. And, you know, we could have told you that here or anybody that watched him play during the season. So those guys are going to be good NFL prospects and no, Rattler went out there and looked fantastic. Helps to get that MVP award. And you know he's going to work hard and be ready for the combine when that rolls around. Thank you, Gamecock. Larry, we'll be back with more calls. Nothing but calls. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. A Monday night where we're taking nothing but your phone calls, and we're taking no grief. Phone calls, we're taking grief, we're not. 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number for you here on Sports Talk. Before we get back to phone calls, let's talk about Clemson for a moment. Losing to Virginia, 66-65 at home. Now they got to go to North Carolina tomorrow night. Tigers had balanced scoring. P.J. Hall, 19. Gerard, 14. Shefflin, 13, along with nine rebounds. Chase Hunter had a dozen points. But the Tigers, down the stretch, went again. They're in position to win a ball game. They they can't put it away. And this has been something that has haunted them uh, really throughout Brad Brownell's tenure as their coach. Um, give them credit. They fell behind by, what, 11 in the second half and fought back um, with, uh, with a chance to, to win this game. Had the ball last had a chance to win it and just didn't get a good, a decent shot uh, to go down. Maybe they could have 
Maybe they could have um, taken it to the basket instead of settling for the three and and pulled it out that way, but uh, they did not. If they were down 11 in the first half, not second half, um, fought their way back, eventually took a lead uh, late in the game with a chance, like I said, to win it, but uh, couldn't finish it off. Yep. Been their case, been that case for them uh, too many times, too many times. And, look, Brad Brownell, there's no question that he is, if this season doesn't turn around for Clemson here uh, pretty quickly, the the spotlight will be on him. You know how people start looking around saying, okay, uh, which coaches are going to be the ones to be sent packing? And, you know, the Tigers finishing up here with back-to-back road games, North Carolina and Syracuse. Got to get at least one of those. Might be looking at two losses. I can't see them winning tomorrow night simply because, as we know, they've only won there once. Number two, North Carolina should be flying high coming off their very good win over Duke and realizing that they're having a special year. And then Syracuse up there, you know, and then Miami, they're not – they're having kind of an up-and-down year. They're not having a great year. NC State's having a pretty good year. You get those two at home. Then a trip to Georgia Tech. You don't know what you're going to get from Georgia Tech. They've been hot and cold. Florida State's a little down. Pittsburgh's always tough. At Notre Dame, they're down. Syracuse at home and at Wake Forest, they're pretty good. So – as you look at wins and losses here for Clemson down the stretch, I mean, if you say, all right, you lose the next two on the road, you win the next two at home, you win in Atlanta, that's three and two, you beat Florida State four and two, you beat Pitt five and two, you beat Notre Dame six and two, you beat Syracuse at home seven and two, and you lose to Wake Forest seven and three finish, as I see it likely there for the Tigers. They get to 11 and 9 in the conference in the season. They they have a 4 and 6 in their last 10 games. Those 10 remaining games. I was about to ask you what yeah. do they have to finish. So if they go 7 and 3, hmm. that would put you 11 and 9 on the season in the conference. And, Is that enough? And 21 and 10 overall. Mm-hmm. 21 and 10 overall. Um that's a poorer record than they had last year. It is. And they didn't get in. Uh, and again, we're looking at the ACC where the, the national analysts right now, they're talking about what, maybe two or three ACC teams making the tournament? Mm-hmm. Yeah, last I mean, look. North Carolina, Duke, Virginia mm-hmm. look like uh, the sure things. And then the, everybody else is, is trying to work their way into the tournament. That's how I think the national guys are looking at it right now. Because um, look, Florida State's been slumping, NC State, so so. Everybody else is so so. Uh, between so-so and bad. So the schedule does, as I mentioned, um, Clemson is going to be playing uh, outside of North Carolina. Everybody else they play is right around them or below. Florida State, NC State, Wake Forest, Miami, Syracuse, Pitt, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame. So it's it's a doable schedule down the stretch for Clemson if they're up to the task. Shoot, they might have to run the table. They might have to run the table. They might have to go 10-0. and 0. You can't have any bad losses. You cannot have a bad loss along the way like an at Notre Dame. That could be a sneaky road game there, and you can't. You absolutely cannot lose that game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Tigers have kind of put themselves into this spot after getting off to the, to the great start. What have they done since January? Um, well, you just look at their ACC record, and you can – well, they did play an ACC game earlier. So since January 3rd, 
they have lost three, four, five, six. They've gone one, two. They've won three. They've gone three and six um, since uh, the turn of the year. So yeah, they have, they've got to turn it back around. Good luck doing that tomorrow night at North Carolina. All right, back to the phones. Triple H. Eight nine eight two five two five is our phone number here on Sports Talk. We go next to um, let's see, we did oh Hank, Hank in Columbia, is that right? Hank, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? Hello, Hank. Hey, hey, how's it going, Corn? Doing fine. I thought it was supposed to be some money. Hello. No, we're doing fine. We're doing fine. Okay. Oh, okay. We lost yeah, Gigi, I Hank. I, I told you on the phone there was. Sorry about that. We, we <laughs> lost her. Gigi, if you can hear us, give us a call back. Yeah, uh, for that. Uh, yeah, it was a good game Saturday. I think that I, I thought with Georgia, this team, they couldn't. When they got, they were hitting those threes at the end, and I said, no team's going to say this high. <laughs> and they, uh, I figured at some point they would cool off a little bit from those threes. Um, but I, 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 I Wanted to comment a couple of things where you were talking about. Uh, I was kind of moved up for the girls' poll because every time a team gets in second place behind us, they keep on losing. And so they kind of move up by default. Mm. <laughs> UCLA for a long time, and they lost. And then it was K-State who only had one loss, and then they lost. And NC State, so I think that's basically what happened there. And, and one big thing to remember at last year's game is – you know, everybody talks about Clark with the threes. She didn't shoot that well from threes against South Carolina. I think she ended up with like four of sixteen or something like that, four of seventeen. It was the it was the fact that we did not shoot um well from the outside when when they just weren't even guarding us. And also that the officiating had all of our big girls on the bench in the in the second quarter, so mm-hmm. it allowed her to just uh, – remember, she just kept on driving to the basket. There was nobody down there. All the big girls were sitting on the bench in foul trouble. <laughs> and so uh, I think if they – you know, that's a game that uh, I'd love to have a, a little bit better call game or uh, they would love to play again. But it was, you know, it was a four-point loss, and Carolina will take that. Um, now, one thing, I'll give you a little information as you look toward the games this weekend is with UConn right now, you have Beckers. Uh, but UConn's having to play, I think, two other freshmen start with her. And it, it was, so basically they're starting three point guards, Beckers, and one post player, and he's only playing those five players. He's, mm. got, he's got one girl he's bringing off the bench, but he doesn't trust her. So uh, that's going to, you know, even with Cadoza out, the interesting thing is going to be to them is how did they deal with Carolina's improved guard play because they've lost about every team that's had athletic guards this year, and, and the same team that South Carolina dismantled in Paris at Notre Dame ended up going to UConn a couple of weeks ago um, and beating them by a little bit over 20 points, 24, 25 points. So you, you, feel, you feel pretty confident the Gamecocks can just wear them down? Well, yeah, I know that now, yeah. Now, whether, you know, UConn has a, a lovely night where everybody just gets going or whatever, um, you know, that can always happen. But as far as uh, the teams playing us, um, the, the last two teams that we played that you see how the Carolina wears them down in the third quarter, they're playing way more bench than UConn is. UConn's playing their five starters and they're averaging about 39 minutes a game. So, well, so that's going to be the thing. And you're going to be in Columbia. <laughs> yep. 
Yep, I mean things are things are set up well for them to take care of their business. I think they can, I think they can get by without Cardosa. But I mean, what kind of lineup do you think they'll go to? Who do you think they'll? Well, they'll they'll probably start Watkins and and Kitts together because mm-hmm. Watkins plays for the four, but also Watkins um, comes in for Cardosa sometimes when Cardosa goes out. Watkins comes in um, with her, and because Watkins is you know Watkins is not smaller; she's six three. You just kind of forget she's six three because she can jump out of the gym. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> so she, she she's a six three girl that doesn't look like when she's running around because you don't know when she's a six three girl that looks that athletic. I think if you were at the game the other the night or whatever, you saw she gets back off the floor. Her second jump is quicker than most people's first jump. They don't really have a a pure post, however, who can like Walker has not really been that much of a contributor since she since she transferred in. Well, she, well, the corner thing about Walker is she's just behind a number of posts because Fagan, you got to remember Fagan was the number three player of the country mm-hmm. when she came out. And Fagan has a, has the, probably the best low post moves mm-hmm. of any of the bigs on the team. Um, you know, Don said that last year, she said you, she had better low post moves than Boston. She was just you know, behind a glut of people. But whenever Fagan's had to play and play major minutes, she scored. I mean, I think when we had a girl when L.A. went to the Olympics last year, like Cardozo went this year. When mm-hmm. L.A. went last February, Fagan had to play in her place. And that night in Georgia, she had 19 points. And it was all on low post moves. I love talking women's basketball. <laughs> I feel like we're just so, breaking. Just, we're 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 breaking new ground here on Sports Talk. Now it might not be new ground in other places, but we're breaking new ground here on Sports Talk. That's right. And Hank, you bring up too. You bring up Caitlin Clark and Paige in. Beckers uh, real quick. The, both of them are six feet tall, and for in women's basketball, that, that's a tall guard. And so you got to think against a vast majority of teams that both Iowa and UConn play against. Both Beckers and Clark have a significant height advantage over those guarding them. Some other teams are having to put forwards on them as opposed to their guards just so they don't get outmatched. That's not the case with the Gamecocks. The Gamecocks have some no. long guards on the perimeter, and they have waves of them that they can, they're so deep on the perimeter that defensively, that's a matchup problem for both Iowa and UConn because usually they can use that to their advantage. But at the Gamecocks, the Gamecocks have the advantage. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically our biggest advantage this year is is our bench. I mean, if you you watch the game, the last two games were two, against two of the best defensive teams other than South Carolina in the league, uh, Ole Miss and Auburn. In fact, they're both top ten in the country, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll fight you for about a quarter and a half. But like the Ole Miss coach said the other night in the post game, she said Carolina keeps on sending waves of matches, and she said eventually. Your legs go when you're playing the same people. That's right. No question. So that's it. Yeah. So All right. That's it. And congratulations to the guys. I'm, I'm so glad about how they're doing. They deserve it. Colin Murray boys, remember, was a starter before he got mono. So he was mm-hmm. going to start in front of Clark for yeah. Burns. But he got mono, and that kept him out. Yeah, that's right. Good good call. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, Hank. Thanks, Hank. Appreciate it as always. Hank has an unbelievable memory. Remembers everything that happens. He's a doctor. I hope he has a good memory. Dr. Hank. Well, I don't think he cuts into you. Ah. He uses his opinions to cut into you. He doesn't use a knife <laughs> to cut into you. Uh, 888-898-2525. Are we going to Andy next? All right. Andy in Columbia, welcome into Sports Talk. We're taking nothing but calls, and some lines are now open. So if you've been wanting to get through, dial it up, get in line, we'll get to you. 888-898-2525. Andy, go right ahead. How are you? 
Hey, Carl. Hey, Pat. Thanks, Pat, for not letting me know that I was... Andy, you, 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 uh, you sound like you're in a fishbowl, Andy. You, you sound so... Can you hear me better now? You sound, ah, very you, depra- you sound low. Okay. You sound, yeah. um, I got Let's pick it up a little bit, man. Let's go. Let's bring the heat. I got a new phone coming, so that's the problem. I got a problem with my microphone. Oh, your phone is terrible. Uh, yeah. In a few days, I'll have a better phone that'll work a little bit better, I hope. Mm. Um Pat, you know, he kind of gave me the little shift there. <laughs> told me I was going to be behind Gigi, and then I get behind. That was my fault. That was my fault. Yeah. Well, so I'll slap you that, upside the next time I see you when you pay me off, which you owe me all the time. Mm. So, I, I think I won time, last double or nothing. I think our my conscience and my bank account is clear. I, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, Gamecock Larry, I think you need to do some new math, because my, my math, I believe, is 299 more days before we play Clemson again. Football. Okay. What did he say? Three something? Yeah, he's been saying three something, and we're already two. I think he's counted it down from January. Like, you know, we had 365 days to this year starting yeah, that's January. What I'm it's actually, we've yeah. already been through two whole months. <laughs> plus, you know, I, I think he slept. I think he slept through those two months. <laughs> well, you know, what, what he's got in his IV, as I've always said, I wish I had going in me so I could mm-hmm. use. Uh, as happy as Hank, I mean Hank, as uh, Larry. So, but you know, it's unbelievable that we're sitting here right now at this point in the basketball season, and we're able to say that our two basketball teams are a combined forty and three. <laughs> Anybody would have said that before this season. I think we all would have been laughing at them because there was no way that anybody thought that this would be going on right now with Gamecock basketball. And it was funny, I saw something the other day that said uh, South Carolina is turning into a basketball school. And I was like, well, let's not get too too much, you know, let's see how things roll in the future. We might, you know, this past week, what was it, 20 wins now in the past 13 seasons for Coach Staley? I mean, that's amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, pay-wise, she's underpaid. I mean, for what she brings, what she does, and just even just watching her with the men's basketball team and the way that she comes out and supports them and what she brings to this university, I personally just feel like she's underpaid. But, you know, that's just my opinion. I just feel that way. I know there's a lot of people out there who think she's overpaid. Mm. But for what she contributes... And I believe that you see a lot more admissions coming in because people are getting more into women's basketball. And they're excited about what's going on with the women's team, and now they're even getting more excited about what's going on with the men's team. Hopefully we can be excited about this men's baseball team coming up. But in my personal opinion, I don't think we're going to see it. Uh, you know, uh, you know there you were. You were just you were riding just riding so high. high on all this lovey-dovey for the Gamecocks. <laughs> Let's pay Don Staley more money, and basketball and men's are doing well, good. And then you, got, and then you, then you bring up baseball, and you got to go all ball. sourpuss. I mean, what is up with that? They went to a they, – they were two wins away from Omaha last year. Uh, they've got okay. maybe one of the best offenses in the country this year. They got we'll some experienced arms coming back. Forward. You got two. How many? T- you got two preseason All Americans in your starting lineup. Going to be batting three and four in there. Uh, that infield is going to be really good defensively too. Yeah. So I mean, come well, on. Let's see what happens. You know, hopefully, me talking. Well, I mean, we'll bat them. We'll get them. 
I've already told you what's going to happen. You don't need to know anything else. I've already told you. Okay, I've told you. Mark it down. It will happen. Okay, we'll see what happens there. But I'll tell you, congratulations to the team, men's team, that they're 15th. I mean, it just shows to me that the idiots who vote for the AP poll didn't know what they were talking about last week Hmm. by not ranking them. And, or how about the idiots of the SEC media preseason poll? Well, I was going to say, and not to mention, which I them, did not participate in. It's a select so group. It's a select group that votes on those polls. I am not they select. Cer- they only let certain <laughs> media people vote for the poll. That's correct. Well, then how do they do that? Is it like a draw, or they just decide who they want? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, wait. So you had a you had a Heisman vote, but not an SEC basketball. Now vote? I vote for the football poll, but the basketball poll was done in advance of media day. For ah. football, mm-hmm. the poll is actually you don't vote till you go to media day. It's all done electronically or digitally on computer, and they release it on the last day. They don't. You know, the basketball is just a one day deal. Is is that a new thing for the uh, media basketball poll, or is that something that they've always done? Before? That's a good question. I think it's relatively new that they've kind of gone to this blue ribbon panel thing kind of deal. Well, it's a good question. You go every year, you don't know the answer. <laughs> you don't remember if you voted in the past? Uh, I don't remember. That's a good question, or a good point. <laughs> Last year was a long time ago, Andy. <laughs> don't hold me to something that happened five years ago, okay? Well, we're not even talking five years ago. We're talking. Well, this is something brand new. That's just started. no. It's, so it's been a few. It's been a couple, three, three four ago. years that they've gone to this blue, this blue ribbon panel thing. So, well, yeah. I'm sure they'll have a bunch of Oklahoma, Don't hold me to Texas it. guys now when they come aboard next year. And Oklahoma, so you'll really be, yeah. you'll really be pushed down even further down. The, you'll, you'll be on the. Uh, that's right. The ribbon. The, the no-colored ribbon. Stepping stepping on our backs on their way to the top. I understand. Yeah. All right, got to go. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate Y'all it. have a good evening. All right. Thank you, fellas, for the time. Thank you. You know, I got curious when he was just saying that, and if my math is right here, South Carolina combining the men's and women's programs are 40-3. and three. That is the best of any men's and women's program combined record in the country. That is impressive. What is Connecticut's? Uh, the men are twenty and two, but the women have four losses. Okay, so yeah, so they are a combined uh, thirty nine and six. Okay, so yeah, so the Gamecocks and I looked all across the top ten. They okay. that, that is the com, the best combined record of any university in the country. Men and women's basketball programs. The Gamecocks are forty and three. Let me share this little information as well about the, the South Carolina and the the wow. top fifteen today, as far as how the voting went. So one voter ranked the Gamecocks number five. Wow. Wait, say, say, say that again. For one all voter voted the Gamecocks fifth. Wow. That was their high mark. Uh, among national basketball figures, people that you would know, John Rothstein ranked them eighth, Jeff Borzello 15th, Dick Vitale 20th. Hmm. Seth Davis was one of four voters to leave the Gamecocks out. Of the top 25. They had how? four who left them out of the top 25. Really? How do you not have them in the top 25? Do you think Smitty made a point to us? Matt Smith said off air in our group chat that he was convinced a lot of these AP voters would just refuse to admit they were wrong and basically would go down with the ship. Just mm. nope, not impressed, not impressed, not impressed. Mm. Can't help but how wonder can if you that's not what, be I impressed. don't know. I have no I mean, idea. You have a week. They're not watching. Where you win at Tennessee. Top five, and you win at Georgia. Very good at home, 10,000 plus, 
and you win by 10, and you win going away. Had that game been played for five more minutes, the Gamecocks would have won by 20. They were putting that game in their back pocket. How can you not be impressed? I don't know. You don't. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand that. And you just beat Kentucky by 17, and that game was not even as close as that score was. All right, back to the phones. Nothing but calls. 888-898-2525 is our phone number. We go to uh, Bruce in Missouri. Bruce, welcome to Sports Talk. How are you? Well, thank you, Phil, for taking my call tonight. I just had to tune in here. Yes, sir. I'm a Paige Becker fan. Okay. If you want to calibrate her her, her talent, uh, you might want to go back to the era of the uh, phenomenon that was at Clemson. His daddy was a Clemson coach, and he went to LSU. And I saw him play on um, Wild World of Sports, black and white. And uh, she reminds me of him. Mm. And you know who I'm talking about. Anyway, they're not going to worry about Carolina playing, uh, coming down here, playing, uh, you know, uh, the game down here. It don't matter what the the venue is. They're going to play like they play always. And Paige Becker is more like, uh, the guy I'm talking about, she has been doing all kinds of stuff with her her teammates. I mean, plays that you just can't even think of. She's doing with the on the on the on the court. Mm-hmm. She is a phenomenon, just like he is. Anyway, I just wanted to chime in. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about Carolina doing this, Carolina doing that. Oh, hooray, hooray! But they're gonna fall on their knees. They always do. They just let the fans down. But you got good coaches. Keep cheering for them. I'm a Clemson fan, I'm, and I'm a care. I, I grew up in Carolina, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, I'm just saying it's good ball, just good ball. That's all I want to see is an honest ball, not just crap that's flopping stuff that's going on here. It just ruins the game. I mean, totally ruins the game, and it's just it just drives me crazy to see this crap going on. And they're not. Uh, they're uh, they're are um, acknowledging that right now. I think more than they have been in the past. But it is crapping out the game. Thank okay. You. All right. Just got to point out, by the way. Thank you, Bruce. Yeah. Just got to point out, by the way, that uh, Caitlin Clark leads the nation in both scoring and assists. And I've heard Bruce say that before about Paige Becker's being better at passing the ball. She's not in the top fifty, whereas Caitlin Clark leads the nation. Just saying. Hmm. Better better players around her at Iowa than what yes. Becker has at UConn? Maybe so. Yeah. All right, be right back. We'll continue with your calls. <music> Going to continue with your calls. Great calls tonight. Recruiting is coming up in a few minutes. Let me update a couple things. USC women's golf team has been declared the winner of the uh, a tournament out in um, out at Stanford. Is that Stanford? Um, the Hessian, the I think it's Teresa Hessian tournament on the West Coast. Now, of course, the rain out there forced uh, early conclusion, so. 
Gamecocks beat Wake Forest, the number one team in the country. This is match play. The Gamecocks won 4-1 to one yesterday, and thus they walked away with the championship of that event, and they got a win over the number one team in the country. And they're ranked number four. So uh, another, another season to watch USC women's golf. Clemson was in this event as well, and they lost to Arizona by a four to one score um, earlier in the in the event. So, um, where is Palos Verdes? That's not. I'm thinking of Palo Alto, Palos Verdes, wherever that is, there in California. That's where they were playing. So, a good win for the South Carolina women. They get a championship there to open up the spring season. What's that? I was trying to make an L and an A with my fingers. Oh, it's in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Also, uh, men's golf. The uh, the Clemson men's golf team is your leader. Play has been suspended. They're playing in the Battle at Briars Creek Golf Tournament, and that is that is uh, here in South Carolina, Johns Island, Briars Creek. Okay, and so the uh, the Tigers are leading. And play is currently suspended due to weather. The Tigers are leading uh, at five under. They've only played uh, – they haven't made the turn or right around making the turn, six through ten. Chattanooga's at four under. College of Charleston is at three under. So they're early there. And, again, the weather uh, a factor in, in that one. So uh, there you go. Just want to bring along a little golf info as we crank up the college golf season. South Carolina will play their first spring event coming up on the 11th down in Puerto Rico. Okie dokie. Uh, back to your phone calls, then recruiting coming up in a couple of minutes. We go to Ron in Greenville with us next. Ron, welcome in. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. Uh, I asked Pat to look up South Carolina's baseball schedule, so we got baseball in a couple of weeks. Starts a week from Friday, home for the Gamecocks against Miami, Ohio. Wow. Pat, you read that schedule and where they play at. Yep, I can certainly do that. We got so first off they open up against well, time out, time out, time yeah, out. Go ahead, go ahead. He wants the whole schedule? No, oh. just a non conference. Okay. Well now that's gonna take a go ahead. Well, you got non conference games spread throughout. Can at least the, give a few. Yeah, yeah. Give a few maybe of, at yeah. least the how about the games for February? So opening up Friday, February the sixteenth, that weekend will be a, a three game series hosting Miami of Ohio. Oh, Ben Roethlisberger's old uh, school, I believe. Mm-hmm. Miami of Ohio. Then a Tuesday game hosting Winthrop. Then oh, another game after that. Wednesday hosting Queens. That Friday, February the 23rd. Saturday and Sunday, three-game series hosting Belmont. Then the following Tuesday hosting Gardner-Webb. Uh, so that is all of March. Friday, March 1st is when you have – oh, that's the weekend of Clemson. Mm-hmm. So Friday is – Interesting. So that's in against Clemson in Columbia at mm-hmm. Founders Park. Saturday mm-hmm. is against Clemson at Segra Park here mm-hmm. in Columbia in the right. Firefly Stadium. And then Sunday at Clemson. Uh, the Friday night game being 7 o'clock. Saturday being a 4 p.m. game. Sunday up in Clemson being 2 p.m. How's that for you, Ron? Well, that's all right. What my, my point was uh, non-conference they have one road game. Everything else is at home. That's right. And let me oh, wait a minute. This. So you knew all this. You you knew all this oh, information. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I knew it. Why, I just want to Why don't you just get to the question? <laughs> okay, I'm getting to it right now. All right. Have you ever in your life seen an easier schedule than that? 
uh, in my and life ever. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty good if you can get it set up that way to play almost all your non-conference games at home. I mean, look, I think we'd all like to see South Carolina play Coastal Carolina, especially in Gary Gilmore's final season, though I guess at USC they they have no sentiment towards Gary Gilmore. But it would be a great series to play them three and it'd be, uh, you know, some home and away there. Um, but I guess they're able, they're able to schedule these, these home games and not have to return uh, any of these games for, for road games. So if you mark Kingston, you got to feel happy about that. That gives you a chance to really uh, beef up that, that record going into, as you go in and out of SEC play. And, Ron, to your point, that's 18 games, 18 non-conference games to open the year, 17 of which are at home. But I think that's usually – they don't normally play – I mean, they'll go to, they go to Clemson for a game uh, over the One years. Game. Right, and they usually go to, they go to Charlotte to play a, a neutral site game. Uh, no they, way. They go down to Augusta, North Augusta, to play a neutral site game. Uh, typically, no way. That's three. And sometime – oh, they go to Fleur Field – Usually a couple of times a year. Of course, they don't play Furman anymore because Furman doesn't have a team. Um, but they've they've gone to Fleur Field to play Upstate uh, in the past. So they don't normally play a lot of non-conference road games. To be honest with you. But Phil, we're not talking about in the past. We're talking about this coming year. Well, this year they don't, they don't have very many. Well, yes, here you sir. go. For comparison's sakes, Clemson has. If I'm counting here, I did a quick seventeen games before conference play. And they also only have one game on the – well, one true road game at South Carolina. You could say the Segra Park, so maybe two games on the road, mm. but everything else is in Clemson. So maybe this is kind of par for the course. Yeah. Yeah. Does Clemson not play Georgia this year? Uh, if they do, it must be later in the season. They usually play home and home with Georgia. They usually play yeah. home and home with Georgia. I'm actually not And that's it. during the ACC season, they'll go play Georgia midweek. Yep, they play them on April the 23rd at Georgia – and there must be one in here I'm not seeing in yeah. Clemson as well. And Clemson will play um, – they usually play Coastal home and home, and they usually play College of Charleston either home and home or one in Columbia and one in Clemson. And USC Upstate. And Upstate, yeah. Well, they don't go to Upstate. They'll probably host Upstate. Might play them at Floor Field. They, they play yep, They play them at Floor Field yeah. and then one in Clemson. That's yeah. right. All right, Ron. Good points. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks. Ron's, Ron's fired up for baseball. Fired up for baseball. Let's go to Keith and Camden. Next up on Sports Talk, Keith, good to have you with us. How are you? I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? Man, we couldn't be finer if we weren't in uh, Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, I think I think the gentleman's point is at the end of the day, after 18 games, we're not going to know a whole lot hmm. about this baseball team. But that's not that's not well. Time out. Call. Time. You about South Carolina? <laughs> To my South Carolina, yeah. I mean, listen. Yeah, I, yeah. At one point yeah. last year, okay, after they swept Florida, what were they yeah. like thirty three and they were like thirty something and like three or something? They had an incredible record, number one team yeah. in the RPI. Almost, they might have been with a number one in the in the rankings. I believe so. Then the injuries kind of caught up with them a little bit, especially on their pitching staff, and um, and the losses started to to catch up with them some there, but. Yeah. You had, my point is, you had a good idea at that stage what that team was about. And, you know, I think as you play 15, 20 games, whether it's conference or, or non-conference, you'll have a good idea what this team's all about. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and give you the nod on that. But 
this this is my question. Looking at last year's uh, ladies basketball and this year, I mean, we were loaded with talent this last year, and we're loaded with talent this year. But when we get down to the end, we know there's four to six teams that possibly on any given night can beat anybody. And you go back and you look at Kate and Clark. I mean, that that young lady, 15 feet from the three-point line, she can drain it. Mm. And um, one-on-one, we couldn't cover her. So what do you think the difference this year with our roster versus last year because if it comes down to that uh it's going to be it's going to be tough well that was my question early in the show when i said does this gamecock team have anybody that can stop caitlin clark and as pat pointed out well i don't know but here's the other thing i mean yeah she she's what she scored 41 41 in the nationals Mm -hmm. but she got where they where they really kind of slacked up was the number two girl like whose name you know difficult name who had a big night taking passes from Clark and also beating the Gamecocks on the board she had a bunch of offensive rebounds and stickbacks she was the trouble Clark's going to get hers uh what you got to do what you got to do is not let anybody else step up and have a career game and I think in that particular game that gal for uh for Iowa that other girl, the big girl, had maybe her best career game. She did. The Gamecocks did out-rebound Iowa 49-25 to in that game, though, which made it a, a little bit more difficult. But how to many offensive boards did that girl have? Oh, shoot. I don't have it in front of me now, but a, a fair well, amount. Go, she did have a big game. Mm-hmm. Phil, go back and look. Yeah, 41 points with like 11 or 12 assists. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, she she's just tough. She's good. So, uh, that's. She could play in the NBA. The heck with the WNBA. Put her in the NBA. (laughs) And Keith, we talked. I just don't know how we'll match up. You know what? If 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 uh, if Curry can make a living shooting from thirty-five feet before anybody will come out and guard him, she can do the same thing. Yep. Just don't Absolutely. ask her to go in there and rebound and do all that stuff. Just stand out there and shoot. Absolutely. And, Keith, real quick, too, just because you might not have yeah. heard it earlier, because we, we talked about this exact topic earlier in the show, one thing that does stand out. So both Paige Beckers for UConn and Caitlin Clark for Iowa, they're both six feet tall. Now, yep. in women's basketball, for a guard, that that is that's pretty tall. And so they have a distinct size advantage over a vast majority of the teams they play against, but that, does not, that will not happen against South Carolina. This year on the perimeter – South Carolina has a pretty significant height advantage. They have a lot of taller guards, and they go too, right. too deep at each position. Between yeah. uh, Bree Hall, you got Raven Johnson, Malaysia Full Wiley, uh, you got Pow Pow, uh, you got Tessa Johnson, you got other players on the perimeter that are all 5'9 to 6'2, and that will, that will pose a significant, um, uh, not threat, but that, that'll be harder for Caitlin Clark or Paige Beckers because they're not going to have that normal advantage they have against teams. Also, neither Iowa nor UConn have that much depth, whereas, again, the Gamecocks are able to bring in – I mean, if, if Coach Staley wanted to, she could do five in, five out. She could bring entire waves in at a time, and that's why you see so many of these games this year. Teams might stay close for three quarters, but come the end of the game, the fourth quarter, the Gamecocks still have fresh legs and the other teams are just worn out. I would imagine you might see that same thing this year against UConn and ultimately against Iowa if they play again in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Well, I, I tend to agree with you, and I, I hope you're right. But uh, man, those are two unbelievable ball players. Absolutely. So, enjoy All right. The show. Thank you very much. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate it. Got to go to the break. Uh, we'll finish up with some phone calls after the recruiting report, which will come up after this break.
And our phone number, 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number. Give you recruiting after this timeout. Then we'll come back with more of your phone calls. Don't go away. Sports Talk, Monday night from Columbia. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. That's the sound of a big hit on you and your car or truck. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years, helping people who get injured in car wrecks and truck wrecks. If you have serious injuries, call Jim Corbett, 803-765-2968, or email me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. I don't get paid unless I recover for you. Jim Corbett Attorney, for your best recovery from a big hit, 803-765-2968, or jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com slash better you. Last year was a big year for Founders Federal Credit Union and our amazing members. A total of $30 million was given back to qualifying members in the form of loyalty bonus dividends, proving once again that it pays to be a Founders member. Founders is also committed to pouring time and resources into the local communities we serve. If you aren't a member yet, what are you waiting for? Join Founders today. Visit foundersfcu.com. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership qualification required. We're with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer, it's hunting season in South Carolina this fall, and folks need to be prepared from a legal standpoint. That's right, Phil. Everyone always needs to buy their hunting license or fishing license. Everyone always worries about losing their license. Well, now that's not a problem anymore because you can keep your license on your phone. That's right. Go Outdoors SC. It's an app. Look for it on your Apple or Android devices. You can buy your license. You can renew your boat registration, and it's all right there on your phone. Remember, go Go Outdoors SC in your app store. We have worked up such the appetite tonight. That's what happens when you take phone calls. You got to work harder, which makes you hungry. And when I think hunger, I think sea whales. Because one way to take care of hunger is by going to sea whales and chowing down on one of their daily luncheon buffets from 11 to 2. And it is a wonderful eating experience i can't think of any other way to put it a wonderful eating experience great price great location plenty of room they spread you out you got big tables they bring you a a pitcher of iced tea sweet unsweet desserts and of course some of the best food you'll find anywhere pat what are we looking at this week on the menu 
I don't have a menu yet. SeaWells has not published it, but I guarantee it will be delicious. I feel fairly confident Friday will be roast beef along with two other items, probably fried chicken and either baked or fried pork chops. Mm. And I can tell you there'll be gravy every day. There'll be lots of local farm fresh veggies, salad bar, dessert. Highly recommend the banana pudding. They usually have a chocolate Mm. of some sort as well. But uh, it's one of the best deals you can get in town. 14 bucks, all you can eat, guaranteed to have at least three different meat options and then 15, 20 uh, veggie options, lots to choose from. Spring and summer coming up, and, of course, even the fall, folks are starting to plan those big events, and you need the best in quality catering. You want to call Seawells to let them handle that for you, 803-771-7385, online at seawellscateringsc.com. Now, South Carolina, as all schools did, wrapped up the 2024 recruiting period course they're all focusing on 2025 players and beyond now because most everybody except for a few exceptions most everybody has signed all their players you know there's a signing day wednesday i mean this wednesday used to be the big day christmas day in recruiting uh these two days between sunday like monday tuesday leading up to wednesday this this used to be see how cool calm and collected i am Because it's not the big pressure time anymore. That's in December now. Hmm. Because the Gamecocks, they signed all their high school guys. And, of course, they followed up with a bunch of transfers. And Clemson signed all their high school guys. But over the weekend, South Carolina did have Hammond tied in Mike Taylor. I'm sorry, Mike Tyler. Learned to read corn. 6'5", 225. And he wrapped up his winter visits. Spent about six hours at USC Saturday with Shane Beamer and Justin Stepp. He brought his parents and his uncle with him. He said for the moment he arrived, Beamer made him feel like a part of the team. He greeted him at the door, which he said has never happened before. So it's very special to him to see that from Beamer. Took him around, saw everything, uh, talked to him a lot about how they would use him as a hybrid tight end, split him out, have him play attached and block. He can catch, he can block, he can do both. So he really, really liked it. He will return to USC for several spring practices. He also plans to take an official visit with the Gamecocks in June. That date has not yet been set. In January, he also made visits to North Carolina and Virginia Tech. At this stage, he does not have a set of favorites. Some of the other offers are Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, UCF, Wake Forest, Coastal, East Carolina, Liberty, NC State. On our website, Got a story up on Clemson commitment, interior offensive lineman Jalen Beckley out of Florida. And he talks about, no, I'm sorry, out of Texas. And he talks about uh, in this story what it was that led him to commit to Clemson not long after the Elite Junior Day in January. Good read on our website, sportstalksc.com. I advise you to take the time out to read it. USC, one of the schools in the top ten with offensive tackle Jacoby Ward. 6'4", 335, and he lists the Gamecocks in his top group along with Texas A&M, West Virginia, Miami, Tennessee, UCF, Auburn, LSU, Alabama, and Kentucky. He's from Savannah. USC's top uh, top 2025 quarterback target, Ryan Montgomery, was at Florida over the weekend. He also visited USC and Georgia in January. Those three are his top schools. He's not yet sure if he'll Make his decision from those three or take more visits in the spring. USC on Friday offered cornerback Onis Cunnanbonny, 6'2", 170, of Heathwood Hall. 
It's got other offers from the likes of NC State, North Carolina, Duke, Florida, Miami, Syracuse, Oregon, LSU, and others. He was at Miami the last weekend in January. USC Clemson target safety Jonte Gilbert was at Miami over the weekend. Linebacker Alex Tosh of Latrobe, Pennsylvania, who had an offer from South Carolina, committed to Penn State, who also is from Latrobe, Pennsylvania, Pat. One of the most famous sportsmen in American history is from Latrobe, was from Latrobe, Ooh. Pennsylvania. Give me a hand. What sport? Uh, that would be golf. Ah. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Latrobe. Jack Nicholas. He's from Ohio. Arnold Palmer. Yes. Hey, there we go. Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Arnold Palmer. That? USC target defensive end Tayshawn Alston of Henderson, North Carolina, was at North Carolina Saturday. USC target linebacker Mantrez Walker of Buford, Georgia, was at Ole Miss over the weekend. Clemson target offensive tackle Zaire Addison was offered by Duke. Clemson target defensive end Bryce Davis of Greensboro, North Carolina, was at North Carolina over the weekend. 2026 safety just Zavian Currents of South Point was offered by Syracuse. 2026 offensive tackle Desmond Green of Timberland visited Florida State and Florida over the weekend was offered by both. Eastside defensive end Joquavius Dodd was offered by Appalachian State and UConn. Riverside quarterback Jaden Page, cornerback Spencer Adderley, Adderley, and wide receiver Mikkel Skinner, they all visited Florida on Saturday. And safety Jadon Blair from Winston-Salem has set an official visit to South Carolina on May 31st. He also has Notre Dame June 7th, Michigan June 14th, and Penn State June 21st. So the Gamecocks in some heavy company there for Jadon Blair, but they're going to get an official visit. If you can get an official visit, that means you got a chance. That'll do it. Recruiting tonight on Sports Talk. Remember to check it out on our website, sportstalksc.com. On Twitter, use the hashtag STRecruiting to take you right to our recruiting information. Uh, the Citadel has announced their football schedule for the coming season, and the Bulldogs, the Bulldogs will be playing the following teams. They will open up August 31st at Charleston Southern. Remember now, they're trying to break a long losing streak. Then they'll host South Carolina State August, the, I mean, September the 7th. August 31st at Choso, September 7th, home to SC State. September 14th, home to North Greenville. Then they play at Mercer, September 21. September 28th, home to East Tennessee. October 5th, they play Furman at home. October 12th at Western Carolina. October 19th at VMI. October 26th, home to Sanford. October 9th, uh, November 9th, home to Chattanooga. That's homecoming. November 16th at Wofford. And they close it out against their new traditional end-of-season rival, November 23rd at Clemson. So <laughs> they open up with Choso. They wrap it up with Clem. That is the Citadel football schedule. The Southern Conference, I believe, got their league schedules all set today so you'll be seeing schools releasing their schedules moving forward the net rankings this week clemson 37 usc 38 charleston 121 Furman 149 winthrop 167 wofford 186 and after that let's way on down the list we'll see you tomorrow night thanks for being with us basketball hoops tomorrow